This is the Real Strong People podcast, the show where extraordinary people peel back the layers of their lives to get real about their true stories of finding strength and meaning. But it's not just about inspirational stories. Every episode, we share real, actionable advice for becoming physically and mentally stronger in your own life. I'm your host, Dana Santis, pro sports breathing mobility and mind-body coach known as the Mobility Maker. So hey guys, you're in for a treat with today's guest. He is honestly one of the most interesting humans I've ever met. He's one of those rare people who lives his life out loud, putting all of his energy and effort into living his best life. Pretty cool, right? That's my friend, Matt Vincent. He's a traveling strength athlete, two-time Highland Games world champion, and founder of Hate Brand Goods. In Matt's first book, Training Lab, he spelled out his hate philosophy, which we'll get into on the podcast, which captures the spirit of self-improvement to overcome self-loathing. And that served as the spark that led to Hate Brand Goods and many of his subsequent adventures and endeavors. Through his travels, Matt gets to spend time with exceptional people all over the world, and he chronicles his travels and conversations with those people along the way in his own podcast, and I think that's on YouTube as well, right, Matt? We post to YouTube as well as everywhere else podcast stuff goes. Yeah, it's awesome. Very interesting. And so, like I said, Matt is an extraordinary human, truly living his best life. So I'm so excited to introduce him to all of you. But before we get started with Matt, as always, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our forever sponsor, Thorn, a leader in personalized scientific health and wellness solutions. When you visit my website at mobilitymaker.com forward slash Thorn and sign up for a free Thorn account using my referral link, you'll automatically receive a 20% discount on all future individual Thorn supplement purchases forevermore. So check out the show notes for further details. So now that the housekeeping is done, Matt, you're here. Yeah, man. I'm excited, dude. I'm, I'm stoked you're doing this. I know we talked a little bit at Summer Strong and stuff like that about new stuff you're working on. So, so seeing stuff come to fruition, man, it makes me really excited for you. Oh, thanks. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, you've been doing this for so long that honestly, I'm a little nervous having you on as I go through all the hiccups of figuring this out. I mean, you're my fifth guest. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect, man. But like, like, you don't, you know, you're going to be good at episode 100 but you have to do the hundred episodes to get good. Like there's no dress rehearsal that beats the experience. All right. Well, you'll have to come back for episode 100 so that we can be like, this is the real one. This is the good one. I'll happily come for episode hundred. I would love to. The first thing that I like to do in the kind of flow of the show is to have a discussion about kind of perception versus reality when it comes to who you really are. Mm. Right. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to share with you my husband's perception of you. He's going to love that I'm telling everyone this, but you know, you, you've met Donovan, you kind of know him, but you don't know him the way that like you and I know each other. And he certainly doesn't know you because he'll see this stuff on social media. And then he says to me, what the hell does Matt Vincent do? Like he just, he gets paid to run around and just do cool stuff. Like, (laughs) 
I'm and, glad that that's the perception. I don't know that it always feels that way on my end, but that's a that's a fun perception. I think he's not alone in that perception. So so let's let's take a look at that, Matt. Like the the perception versus the reality. What people see. Because if people were to look on your Instagram, I mean, you're doing a lot of cool stuff. And then above and beyond that, what really resonates with me is like the rawness that you put out. So as much as it's like a highlight reel of all this cool stuff that you're doing interspersed in there, I feel like you're like, and here's who I really am. All the travel, all that type of stuff is definitely something I've been interested in for a really long time and having the ability to do it. I've also really made that a priority. Like I know that my creative side, which I use the most, doesn't exactly stay refilled and fired up without that. And so I, I'm, I'm done at any point in my life trying to convince myself that the travel isn't needed by me because it is like I need a literal perspective shift by being somewhere else. And that helps keep me stoked. But as you're saying about getting paid to travel, uh, I do a little bit. Um, I do get paid a little bit to travel and it's it's a little odd, but I've pursued it a really long time now. So when I first started YouTube stuff, which would have been really getting into trying to film some stuff for YouTube was a drift to lift a series that we filmed and it's way back on YouTube. I've got, I did five seasons of it. I paid for all of it. We traveled and shot with people and like put production together and um, none of it ever really popped, but I'm oh, really, I thought it. it was amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of it, but it was never a thing that, you know, caught fire, got a bunch of views and then put a bunch of people onto me. It all helped. And so as things have just kind of continued, I, I can see other people that fall into traps that aren't authentic. Then all of a sudden now you're stuck permanently talking about this one really niche item. And you see it haunt people that like, oh, it's not the thing I'm into anymore. It's been 10 years. Like I'd like to move and the audience just won't allow them. I've been really fortunate. My audience has been genuine and into the ride with me. And I shared what I'm into and what I want to do with my time on the planet and how I want to experience the world and who I can share those experiences with. Yeah, I, I get that about you. You know, let's talk a little bit more about the shift, right? Because I think a lot of people understand what you're saying about um, getting kind of pigeonholed into a niche. How have, how do you feel how like you've evolved over time in the way that people have seen you on social media and then just in how you're living your life in that evolution. You know, it all started with me doing the Highland Games thing. And so people are following that and following some of the training and essentially what I feel like they're following because like Highland Games isn't popular. So it's not like there's a big giant audience for this. So they're following for something else. And, and what I'm leaning into at this point is like, I'm obsessed. And so I want to be around other people who are obsessed with it. And so that starts with Highland Games. And so I find other throwers, I travel, I find other strength people, I do all that and find these other lunatics that I get to spend time with that get the crazy that I've got. Learn firsthand from them the most I can because I need that one-on-one -on -one experience. That's, that's how I learn the best. And so I made it a priority to travel and go and do. Even when I was doing outside sales uh, in that previous life, you know, I did that in the petrochemical industry for 10 years. I started planning work trips around places I knew that had rad gyms. And like, that's how I met Sorna, you know, that Bert and those guys for the first time is I went out there for a work trip and drove out three or four hours to go have a meeting and then drove back because I knew that's where I wanted to train every day. And like, what an interesting relationship that's built over 15 years. And 
it's it, that identity shift realized like after I got hurt and through that at the end of the Highland Games thing is what was important to me was still just chasing obsession. Like I need to have things that I'm in love with and passionate about because like I'm just not smart and talented enough to make things that I don't obsess about work well. Like I only have the ability to make the ones I'm crazy about do very good. Oh, that's not like a lack of um, being intelligent. Uh, that, I've seen a- other people just be able to touch their finger into stuff and it goes well. I don't have that one. Uh, well, we're not all Midas, I guess. Well, sure, you know? sure, but I'm aware of it, right? And so like for me, instead of pretending I have that gift, I don't. And so I have to focus on the ones that light me on fire and I whittle that down to obsession. Like I, I just want to chase the things that light me on fire, that, that spark that interest in me that I can't turn away from. That's that's very cool. Um, and truly, yeah, I mean, being passionate about something, I, that's what you're describing, right? And But acting on that passion. Right. And it's so funny what you said about uh, uh, scheduling your work trips around being able to go to these cool gyms, like that's how you ended up at Sornax um, and, and these cool places that fit what you were really passionate about. Um, because when I was first getting into, uh, and I, I hate to say this because people who don't know me, if I say yoga, they're going to think I'm the yoga person, but. Yeah, but they're listening um, to your show. Yeah. So they should, they should know something about me, but in the, in the beginning of this career that I'm currently in, because I had another career before that, but in the beginning it, it started as yoga and I was working as um, North American director of marketing and PR for an international corporate real estate firm. Yeah. I thought it was pretty important in that role. I bet you really well at it, but I hated it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So yes, I was really good at it. And you know, and it was, it was exciting for the first year or two. And then after that, I despised it. And I started to get into yoga. And then I started to plan all my work trips around where was the next like yoga training or a big, you know, yoga event. And I would just, you know, and luckily the company I worked for, you know, had locations and almost every major city across North America. So that's what I did. And that's how, like, I built up this huge education in yoga. And now I don't really use a whole lot of that now at this point in my life, because we just keep evolving. But I think this is one of the reasons why as friends, you know, we've, we've been kind of attracted to each other because water seeks its own level. And like, I, I'm never going to be pigeonholed into one thing because, you know, the next shiny object that really attracts my attention. And this isn't, you know, there are some people who run around and, and kind of collect certifications or whatever it is, or the next, right. The next trend, whatever someone's talking about. I'm not that. um, And you're not that either. But when something really catches our fancy, we take a deeper dive into it, you know, and aren't afraid to. And I, I, I love that about you. Absolutely. So go ahead with that chase of, of obsession for me and it's gone from this interest in strength people and traveling around and getting to meet these people that i've looked up to and been mentored luckily by you know by a handful and as things have continued and i'm kind of out of that window of my life i'm just now very interested to spend time with people who are obsessed i don't really care what it is they're obsessed about it's just i want to see people that i have a friend of mine um Hans, Hanse, that, that has a term to describe folks like us, and I really like it. And it's like, there's always something that's just completely unreasonable about them. 
Yep. That is a hundred percent true. It's an unreason, completely unreasonable pursuit. You know, whether that's throwing a rock as far as I can in a field or picking things up or how I feel about the brand or building that or your obsession to yoga and then how you're able to pivot that energy as you go forward to the next thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that. It It's unreasonable from the outside looking in. Yes. I think. Yes. That's. I, I think, think everyone cool. don't have it. Like they don't feel it or they don't know what to do with the energy or don't know how to focus it. And then there's, there's people that just don't obsess about stuff. And man, if you can live a life that way, that doesn't haunt you and you're not <laughs> great. I think it seems a lot less stressful than how my brain works, but yes. I like the way my brain works. Yes. Well, and you know, in defense of those people who don't think the way that we do, right. Because it, it took me a while to kind of figure that out. My husband is is very um, stable and even keel, and he doesn't he he doesn't obsess. He's really good at what he does. Absolutely, really good at what he does. But he doesn't obsess about things, and it makes us a really a neat match. I'm not saying that it, it's it's perfect all the time, but he's definitely my person. Like I could not I couldn't do half the shit that I do without him. So I definitely do want to also talk about your partner in crime a little bit, but before we get into that, and I'm sorry, I keep talking about myself just because there's so much about what you say that I'm like, yes, yes. That's how this goes, man. That's how the podcast goes. It's a conversation. I love it. Like, uh, well, I want to learn from you too. Like this isn't a one-way street that I planned on talking on this morning. So, well, I'm going to shut up a little bit more because I do want you to tell us more about and I think this gets into two, I, I like for my guests to talk about their definition of strength and how that's evolved. I'm pretty sure a pivotal um, experience in your life was your injury, right? And that probably led to an evolution in your definition of strength. So can we talk about that a little? Yeah, definition of strength. I, I think there would have been a point early in my career that I would have had some like metrics to define strength by that, like they equal this, this or this. Squat 500 for 10, you're strong. Like, it's not up for debate. You can clean 400 pounds, you're strong. You know, I, I don't care how it looks. If you can get that weight to your chest, you're strong. You know, a couple of things like that. But then as I've evolved, the change ha has kind of been interesting, right? Because I, I would say strength to me now is like those who are willing to always show up. Like, it doesn't have to fit your mold or your idea. And I, man, I really struggled with it for a long time after the injury, Dana. Like, uh, because I can't train how I want to train. I fucking hate it. I hate my current. I, I want to train heavy and violent and move weight and have enough weight on the bar that I have to give a shit, that I have to pay attention, that, that nothing else matters in the world, that I get that singular focused moment. And I don't anymore. There'll never be enough weight on the bar for me to, to test that again in, in most experiences. And it's fine. And it's fine because I had a chapter that I got to. It's all part of the story. Like holding on to it with this idea that it was supposed to be forever is crazy. It wasn't. It was never supposed to be forever. You're never going to be the strongest you can be for your entire life. That's not how any of it works. And so there's going to be a point where it goes the other direction. And I can either be angry at the changing of the tides or make some adjustments and figure out what the new direction to go is because I figured that path out. You know, as an athlete, I was able to figure out what 
what metrics this machine can accomplish. I figured out what my maxes are on these lifts. I figured out how well I move. I figured out how high I can jump, how fast I can run. I figured all these things out. I will never do those things better than I did it during that window. My machine is compromised a bit. I, I burned it up figuring out what all those things are. So now on the back side of that, I still believe strength training is very, very critical and important for, for progress and human development and mental health and all those type of things. And so if I bail on that because it's not going to fit the mold of what I want training to be, what a fucking weak thing. Like, so, you, so you're telling, so I'm saying that it has to adapt to my definition of being important for me to use it. Like what type of role model is that? What type of person is that to tell people how important taking care of your physical being is and taking care of the machine and learning what you can do with it? So as I've gone for or like forward, it's, you know, strong people are those that can reinvent and check the ego and realize that this is bigger, that I need it to go forward. It's not the metrics on the back of it. It's those of us who continually just show up and lean into the fire. We want stress. We want to change. We want to adapt. Like that's strong. Like it's choosing not to be comfortable. You know, we live in a fantastic time right now where we get to control some stuff that we've never been able to. We get to choose a lot of stress to adapt to in our lives now that we've never been able to, whether that's strength training or like, the fact that we have fat people. Like we have an abundance of food. The probably the biggest thing that's a problem in America is we have an excess and we don't know how to deal with it. And people just don't have the self-discipline for it. And those that, that figure it out and change their lives and make moves and adapt and don't just ride it out, like that to me is strong because you had to sort it out. And especially with strength, you know, it's such a great equalizer or the physical stuff or the gym, that side of it is not just powerlifting strength, but just training and building your machine. Like there's no yeah. entitlement to it. Absolutely. Like, I don't care what your background is. I don't care who your parents are or your tax bracket. You know, 200 pounds, is 200 pounds, it doesn't give a shit. And so you can't outsource it. You can't hire someone to do it for you. You can't have an intern take care of all your curl sets while you're busy. Like, no, man, <laughs> fucking show up like that's strong. The word that kept coming into my mind as you were talking was discipline. And then you did, you did end up saying it just a minute or so ago, because the showing up part, I, I think discipline is this element of strength that is huge. I think going back to the perception versus reality thing too, is someone could look at, you know, you and all your travels on Instagram and not understand all the discipline and strategy behind what it is that you're doing. Yeah. You're living this incredible life, but you know, there is a method to your madness and I think um, we're going to take a, a quick pause here for a message from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Hi, this is your host, Dana Santis, the Mobility Maker. With more than 40% of Americans getting less than the ideal amount of sleep, it's easy to understand why sleep is such a hot topic among doctors and sports scientists. Lack of sleep has been shown to cause health problems such as weight gain, increased stroke risk, and other illnesses. Additionally, poor sleep quality can have a significant impact on active performance. If you're having trouble sleeping, Thorn is here to help put your restless nights to bed with supplements formulated specifically to help athletes recover from the day's activities. 
visit mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to save 20% on my favorite individual thorn supplements for sleep. That's mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn. Okay, so we're back now. I'd like to just do a, a quick review of, you know, we've talked about these travels that you've taken um, and you've had some seriously awesome trips. How about let's look at like the last three big trips and just yeah. reflect on them. The last three trips I've taken on were pretty back to back. Very, very fortunate. Look, I got to take like three once in a lifetime trips within like 90 days. It's expensive. Don't get me wrong. I still, it's not like it's free by any stretch. Uh, I'm paying for it. You know, luckily I have an airline, you know, enough airline miles for some of it or this and that. But for me, that that's where I want to invest back into me is in trips and things like that. So we did a trip in Iceland for, for three weeks. That one was really cool. We started working with a company, uh, Trova Trip. And so Bonnie and I work with them and the way they set it up is they plan this really rad itinerary for us in Iceland over six days and a group of 20 people paid to come along with us. And so we got to show them Iceland and hang out and be part of this group. And it was a real weird thing to kind of sign up for of like, oh, 20 fans coming to Iceland. But everyone was awesome. It was a really incredible trip and we really got to connect with a lot of those people and there's still been some tight friendships with it since. And so I'm really looking forward to that, like being able to connect and more relationships and build. And so we've got another trip with them planned for March. We'll, we'll go to Patagonia with them for a week or so. But so we, we did Iceland with the group and then Bonnie and I stayed in Iceland for another two weeks to hang out. So we, we did the full ring road, which was a thing I've been wanting to accomplish now fully circumnavigated Iceland finally and then got to hang out with some friends that, that we don't get to see all the time wrapped up in Iceland we came home for I think I was home for like eight days before packing up to go to Africa and that one was one that's it's really had my 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 hair on end and nervous about because I just don't know like there's so much unknown travel for me of going to Zimbabwe plus everything I've been taught by the media of how sketchy that area of the world is and how this is going to be. And, and it wasn't, uh, what, what was leading you there? Well, you know what, back up for a second, because I don't want to leave Iceland without mentioning the mountain, especially yeah, for sure. game of Thrones people. Um, yeah. And how did you hook up with him? So Haffy and I met the first time in 2008, I'd gone over to compete in Iceland and uh the the guy putting on the event oh man i'm such a cocky dick the guy putting on the event in iceland right peter great guy and by this point like i'm throwing well i feel very confident in my ability to compete it must have been maybe not to that maybe 2010 so like year before i turned pro I've, I've just won an amateur world championship peter's like uh one of the new young strongman guys a big guy is uh gonna come out and throw keg over bar try to set a world record and i'm like he's throwing a keg for height and Peter's like, yeah, I'm like, I'll jump in on that because, yeah, it's throwing, right? Like, I know what a technical thing it is in comparison to uh, just brute strength. And right. I've been plenty of strong powerlifters throwing. So he gets, he arrives and like shoehorns himself out of this little bitty car. 
I remember looking at him and I'm like, that's the biggest person I've ever seen <laughs> by a lot. And even then still feeling like, that's fine. I've seen big guys not be able to explosively move or do any of this. So we start this keg throw competition. I'm putting every technique I can think of to work. I got beat by like three meters. Oh. Heat. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're different. You're, you're a very, very impressive human. And got to hang out quite a bit and I've seen him, you know, a few times a year since then. And so we've always crossed paths. And when we're, you know, I've been to Iceland, I kind of go once a year now to hang out and be with friends. And it's a, it's a place that really refills me. Whatever the frequency or vibration is that's there lines up with mine very, very well. And I feel home. It's a, it's a really interesting place for me. That's neat that you said that because, you know, when you talked about how you, you're kind of driven to travel uh, and I wondered if there was, if there was anywhere that felt that made you feel like home or if, if you kind of just felt at home traveling, which I don't know, I, I, I love to travel too, but then coming back to my home base is so important. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable anywhere at this point. Um, but I do like my home base. Like I like the universe that we've built in St. Louis. I like our house. I love the cats. I love the gym. I love my podcast studio. I, I love what we have there, but it's fun to get to play in other people's. That's something I realized that Bonnie and I do that other people don't. We travel in like, for example, being here with our friends, uh, Bart and Gio and like being in their world. Like we're not in Vegas on vacation to be entertained. Like I want to see them operate. I want to see how they run their universe and take notes. I'm trying to learn everything I can from these killers of people that just crush everything they do. And so, yeah, so getting to know Hapthor over the last couple of years and then seeing his progress through World's Strongest Man and all that and just always been a great guy. Always been a great guy. Always, you know, always catch up whenever we see each other at the Arnold or any of these type of things. And so uh, it was cool to see him make a shift and go into boxing and all these type of things. And he's a fascinating guy to know because they just don't make bigger people. No, no, he, he, no, I don't even know what to say to that. Like I've never seen a human. Like that's the largest one they have wherever the factory of people is. And it's like, that's it. It's him and Brian Shaw. And then that's as far down that line in the mold as five XL humans as they create. Wow. And that... yeah, what a physical specimen. Like he should just be studied. Seriously, I, I think he should. But okay, so we went off on a little tangent with him, which I wanted to do. But now, why Africa right after that? Like what, what was well, happening? It just ended up working out. The Africa trip had been planned for a, quite a long time. So um, one of my friends had booked a uh, whitewater rafting trip, and I've done a handful of kind of adventure trips with him. And so it was, we're going to Africa, and there was like 14 of us going to raft the Zambezi uh, below Victoria Falls and spend some time in Africa. It's a river trip, and a bunch of the guys have, you know, uh, my, my buddy's been a, was a top-end kayaker for a long time. And so his kayaking partner that he's rafted with for like 18 years was coming. And so we had this group of 14, which between COVID and everything else, like we pushed the trip back a year already. And then it ended up being five of us. Okay. And it was great. It was, it was really great, but like, you know, I show up, like that's part of it. Like if I say I'm going, I show up at things. And so I went and it was such an incredible experience. Um, I could live without some of the flights, 
but oh well like if that's the price to pay to get to do really rad shit i'll sit in that chair uncomfortably to go see giraffes and lions and elephants like cruise around it was really really a, a big perspective shift dana like there's giraffes and elephants and hippos and baboons everywhere like but like from the airport to victoria falls like we we ran into them on the road like they're not on safari like they 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 look at them like they're deer wow they're a hassle <laughs> that's incredible being like oh man how interesting like we don't have any of these things that just live in the woods that are terrifying well so i'm in florida we have alligators and like i have a 12 foot guy that just walks across the street and into my backyard it's like a dinosaur so it's just that's my closest thing to hippos and well one night we were uh we're in a nice lodge type thing but they're tents like it's it's a big fancy tent with a ceiling fan and electricity and a glass sliding door but it's canvas walls and like i'm laying in bed talking to bonnie on the phone and there's an elephant that just walks by my glass door like 10 feet away and i'm like oh man there's nothing between us like if you want to come in here there's the i'm no longer in control of this situation if you would like it to change and i was like that's not an often feeling i have and just kind of sitting with it and just being you know like thanks man for being cool <laughs> and right. not trying to decide to stomp me to death well again that's choosing to put yourself in what can be an uncomfortable situation but it's well, worth it you know it I, i'm not i'm not a guy that chases like adrenaline like the whitewater rafting and stuff like that it's big water and it's an adventure and it's fun um but that's not necessarily the thing i'm always after for me it's just life experience and I want to have more days that don't blend into other days. Like when I think about them, like, I don't want to be in that routine of, oh shit, the last two weeks just disappeared. I don't have anything different to tell you of what happened over the last two weeks. Whereas like every day I was in Africa, those memories are burned in pretty hard. I like, can only imagine. Those five days don't blend with any other five days in the last 38 years of my life. And that's a really cool thing. Because that's made a wrinkle, that's made a notch, that like that's a new thing that doesn't go away. Yeah. And it, it kind of kind of one of my big driving factors is time. Probably the biggest anxiety for me is is time. And it's the very, very real awareness that it's running out and I'm dying. Like that's a fact. Like I'm We all are. Yep. That's exactly right. Like I'm 38 and like I had a really hard realization at 31 when my, my dad passed away. Just fortunate math i suppose to give me a good wake up you know he passed away at 62 from from cancer and i was 31 and like turned 31 the day after he passed and i just remember that feeling of halfway and if i'm halfway what does that mean it's 612 weeks i'm oh, sorry it's 1612 weeks that's it that's all of it like so all of my dreams all my experiences everything i want to accomplish everything i've ever thought about wanting to do see feel has to happen in that window it has to Right. Or it doesn't happen. And so if I'm not doing the things right now to try to hook up whoever five year from me now is with more ability to accomplish those things, then what am I doing? That's a good point. I love everything you're saying, but I did say those three trips. So we went from out we went from Iceland to Africa to where are we going? Where right. do we go next? So, so while I'm in Iceland, uh, I realized that my friend's boxing fight has changed. So uh Steffi Cohen, who's a 
probably greatest female powerlifter of all time, maybe one of the strongest females ever to have lived. She's doing a boxing fight. Josh Bridges, who's a buddy, is a CrossFit guy, is doing a boxing match, and then Hafthor's doing a boxing fight. He's supposed to be fighting Eddie Hall. Uh, Eddie tore a bicep and, and was out for the fight, and so the fight got moved to Dubai, like while we were in Iceland. And I just remember this thought of like, well, I wonder how hard it is to get to Dubai from Zimbabwe. I've got to be closer. <laughs> the starting in the US. And so I like look at it and I'm like, okay. So it's I fly from so I cancel my flights, I look at it, and I book flights from Zimbabwe to Botswana, Botswana to Ethiopia, and Ethiopia to Dubai. Of course you do. Adventure anyway. <laughs> um, but I'm in. And like because I'm also by myself on the trip, that alleviates a lot of stress for me because now I'm not responsible for anyone else not having a good time. And I really don't like someone I don't mind what time people are having, but if you've decided to latch on to my thing for an experience, I'm really bummed out if, if you're not enjoying it. That and makes sense. Because, man, then I've created a weird life experience for you. Like, that's not the goal. But so, yeah, so I, I booked that and decide to hell with it. I'm going. Go to Dubai. And then as I'm leaving Africa, Bonnie has essentially decided she's like, I just don't know that I'm capable of sitting over here while you guys are all there. So she books a ticket to come meet me in Dubai. Oh, great. She flies over, and then so we get to hang out for a week. Um, I don't have anything great to say about Dubai. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, all right. Well, then we'll just I, leave I mean, it at that. Like, like, I, I've been, and yeah. if it wasn't for my friends having a fight, a boxing fight, which was great to see and great to see my friends and a super fun experience, um, I don't know that I ever need to go back. Okay. Well, you know what? It, it was a good example of you showing up. You showed up for your friends and, and you did what you had to do to make that happen. I love it. Yeah. And Dubai, it feels like the strip in Vegas, but like with a heavy religious overtone. Great. This is definitely not a travel ad for Dubai. No. It's also the hottest place I've ever been. Man, growing up in the South and being in Louisiana and everything my entire life, like heat's never been an issue. Right. And, and like you're in Florida, you get it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like living in an armpit. I think it's like a mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I've never been anywhere that the heat was that offensive. Like when yeah. I got off the yeah, when I got out of the airport at like four a.m., it's ninety-seven yeah. degrees and it's humid. Okay, well and, that's Florida. You, you come visit. Then <laughs> like yo, I'm from Louisiana. I know the South and. The sun there just feels like it's way closer than it should be. I remember it's the only time in my entire life I've ever walked outside and I was like, yo, I fucking hate this. Oh, no. And like just it could, I could not stop sweating. Like I was showering like four or five times a day. Just if I went outside for anything, I had to shower as soon as I was back in my room. They're like in August in Florida. I, it I, can I be like I, that. it. I get it, Louisiana, like 105 all, all day with 100% humidity and it rains in the afternoon. I know. Oh, it's so fun. gross. Like, I know I can't load my truck in clothes that I plan to wear. It's because you have to go back and change and stop sweating. Yes. And I've never been anywhere that felt like this in the desert. Wow. All right. That was fascinating to me. And so how was Bonnie with, with that? Was she hating it as much as you? I think she feels about the same way I did with it. The It's a culture that... Um, I don't know, doesn't have the most respect for women the way I do. Right. No, I, I hear you there. And so All right. We got stopped somewhere because she was inappropriately dressed and she just turned <gasps> on and a guy walked up to tell me she's inappropriate dressed because he won't address her. Holy crap. So basically 
in Not Dubai, you go back in time <laughs> as well. Yeah, oh, great. It's really modern. Like the, the city's only been there 50 years. What they've accomplished infrastructure wise is incredible. Mm. But yeah, it's okay. Good. Well, you know what? On that note, I'm happy to switch gears to yeah. I want to make sure that we talk about your hate brand and what what that means to you. Yeah, let's go there. So hate started in 2014 as a brand. Uh, I started writing about the concept in 2011 and where it started writing was, you know, my brother and I always use this example of guys like Jerry Rice, this top of the field performer, best in the world, like arguably best of all time. And you'd still hear stories about that guy kind of late in his career up at 4am and running routes and doing the work and trying to get better. And I always thought about guys like that with a like he hates himself more than I do because he can get up and not be content. Like he's still got a fire of like, yo, there's more to get. There's more to scratch for that extra 1%. There's more to work at it. And he sure as shit isn't going to leave it up to chance. And so seeing that just always fired me up and kind of that's how it ended up developing for me. Like, especially with Highland Games or anything else, like there's no training groups. And so all of my training for that decade I was in that sport was done by myself in a garage or by myself in a field. No one gives a shit. Not only that, no one gives a shit about the sport. And so it, it formed a really interesting thing of like, I do this because I love it. I'm obsessed. I'm into it. It's for me. And so that has kind of really built the rest of it. And where hate has kind of turned into now is it's like, it's the elimination of your excuses through movement, mindset, and motivation to build the best life, to build a life you love. It's just not tolerating your excuses and bullshit. You're at the wheel. This is your life. If you've handed the keys over to someone else, that's your mistake. I'd figure out how to get it back. Oh, I love that. That, that makes sense. And I, I mean, I really do feel as though you epitomize that philosophy and the way that you're living your life now. It's, it's awesome. And, and just for people who, I mean, obviously they, they're listening that so when we're saying and if they're not familiar with hate brand goods when we're saying hate explain to them why you spell it with the roman numerals and i don't know i don't know why at this point other than when i started it it seemed like a good idea i don't know eight years into it now the having a name of a brand people can't pronounce well has been terribly smart but here we are it got spelled that way my brother had a gamer tag i think it's just still used by his son on Xbox and he had spelled hate that way because the other one was already taken. Really? Okay. All right. Well, that's an interesting reason. Yeah, it went from there. I mean, but it, you know, it was, it was fun branding with the H and the Roman numeral eight. It led to a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, that's, that's how we ended up naming it a funny thing. And hindsight is, I don't know how great, a great night. Well, you have so many cool branded products under that label. I, I mean, I, I love, I love everything that you've put out. Did you end up putting out the shirts that um, you showed me at Summerstrong? You wore that shirt that that it, it changes color. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did those this summer. Yeah, we did uh, some hypercolor throwback shirts, like from, I guess, my childhood, the uh, late '90s or whatever it is, or early '90s with hypercolor shirts. If no one remembers, but they changed color depending on temperature. And so, um, yeah, we put those out this summer. That was fun. And yeah, we do graphic tees and we've started a lot of cut and sew stuff. So we now have our own stuff and that's, that's been fun. It's been fun to really build an apparel brand. So yeah. Challenging too, though. I mean, yeah. it's not easy, right? Oh, and look, That is what I realize I love about 
the entrepreneur lifestyle is that it is nonstop problem solving. Like there's no autopilot to it and good because if there's no autopilot, I'm not in routine and the days don't blend. Yeah. That's the goal. Well, it, it is the goal. And you know what? That brings me back to, I, I like to, before we end the podcast, spend a little time focusing on the takeaways from things that you've said. I mean, you've, you've told some really interesting stories and there were tons of lessons in there, but when you're, you know, someone who doesn't know you and, and um, there's just so much information, I want to pull some of those nuggets out and time being one of them. And that your goal being that you want to have more days that don't blend into other days and just the 1612 weeks. Do you want to explain a little bit more about the blending? Yeah, I, I, I think you should. So for it. Like I started noticing it years ago when I would travel that, you know, I'd be in Iceland or do something like this and be on this trip and have this five day thing and how long those days felt because I'm super busy all day. I'm super engaged. I'm looking at a new thing. Everything's new smells all the way through. Right. And so your brain is really on because it's pulling in a ton of information. So it doesn't get to autofill any of the stuff that happens like in your regular house like your brain knows so much of what's going on there you don't have to pay attention like you can walk around in the dark right you can't do that other places so you're really turned on and your brain's figuring out new things and to me those are the days that like i would go on that trip and be in iceland for five days and be like you know i have countless things to talk about that happened that i experienced or saw from those five days meanwhile two weeks or eight weeks at home on crutches after a knee surgery. Like, I don't have anything to tell you that happened. That time just disappeared because I didn't do anything. I just sat. And so I just want to avoid that stationary piece because then everything just blends because you're not turned on. And I think that's how people get that feeling of like, what happened? I was 20 yesterday. Right. And it's because you've gone to the same place every day. You've done the same things. You've had the same lunch. Like you haven't been challenged at all today. No, we get into these mundane routines, even if we're doing something that we really love. Like, it, I mean, you can have a career that you really love that you're happy to show up for, but, but I think something that you're talking about is showing like completely showing up, like being able to completely show up. And for you, it's, and I think a lot of people, it is easier to to show up in places where you're not familiar because you have to in order to navigate those places. But yeah, living that mundane life. But I mean, even just doing something as simple as, and I'm going to go back to Donovan because again, he's, he's the steady, stable human that I respect so much because I'm like a roller coaster ride for sure. I, I, yeah. I don't falter or have any opinion about people that can operate the other way. It's not a right or wrong for me. I'm interested yeah. in helping other lunatics figure out a better way to process going forward. <laughs> like if yeah. you don't have this fire and you're happy with routine and all those things right on, I'm not telling you what you're doing is incorrect. I'm telling you, it makes me miserable. Yeah. But even for those people, I think it like in talking to Donovan about it, like he, he starts the shower every morning, like, and immediately gets into it. And it takes, you know, it takes like a solid two to three minutes before that water is in ice cold. Mm. 
And, and so, you know, there are little things that you can do to put yourself into those uncomfortable situations. And I've started doing that too. Although there are some days when I'm like, I don't feel like doing that. And I have the power to decide because yeah. again, yeah, I'm a roller coaster, but but now that he's made this commitment and discipline to do that, he does that every morning because he puts himself into an uncomfortable situation that he gets to choose that discomfort. And, and I think, yeah, all of us, no matter whether you're, you're a lunatic, um, you know, who, who wants this wild ride or you're someone who really strives to have routine, I think there are still things that you're saying that, that resonate with everybody that, I mean, getting out of your comfort zone, um, having the d- discipline to show up for the things that really matter and then fully showing up. That well, it, it, it's everything that translated for making progress strength-wise or in the gym or physically, like the same rules apply to making the progress emotionally or in my life or any of these other type of things. Like my body adapts to stimulus because I made it uncomfortable and it has to change to deal with the heavier load next time. So why couldn't I figure out how to do that with managing temperature? managing, you know, the, why my body loses or gains weights. It's the same thing, the same deal with managing stress of my business or any of these type of things. Like until I'm exposed to more stress and can handle that anxiety, I'm not going to be able to do the things that are down the road. And so it used to stress. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we spend so much time trying to avoid stress or overcome stress and, and yes, the overcoming is important, but can you sit in the stress can, and really, truly manage it? Can you choose the stress so that you can grow from it? Yeah. I think, I think that part has helped me a lot. And that's, that's something I think is very important is full accountability and realize that like, yo, everything in your life is up to you. Like I, I realize we have some different starting points. We have some things like that. There's trauma. There is a lot of issues that you weren't in control of at some point yesterday, but going forward, you are. And to pretend that you're not in control of what happens today and tomorrow is a lie. And if you're going to operate your today and tomorrows by only guiding it by looking in the rear view behind you, it's a real mistake. You don't owe anything to that time. Forward's the way. Yes. Wow. Well, on that note, Matt, unless there's anything else that you'd like to cover, uh, I do want to share where people can find you, where they can find out more about what you're doing. Um, but, But is there anything else that... No, I think we're covered. Then tell us about 1612. Yep. So 1612 is a mentorship group. I've I've just started. uh, We started our first chapter. We're doing eight week chapters. I'm doing a weekly topic and working with the group and communicating as much as I can. I've kind of got some other guys in the group that have been with me on other stuff longer. So we have some, I guess, uh, member coaches, I guess, if you will. But essentially the point of it is like, I want to help you live a life that matters. I want, I want to help you find that fire that makes it, that makes every day want to count, you know, to me with that 1612, like no matter however I choose to spend those weeks of whether they're out of this obligation or things I'm supposed to do or what's right or what I'm expected or any of that verse what I want to do, what I'm passionate about, what I love and what I can apply all my real energy to either way that week's done it goes in the trash like i'm not a martyr for the hard work i don't get to collect something on the back end but look how hard i grinded it out miserably for 30 years like what are you doing right and so i just want yeah kind of open that mindset up to people and share resources and share the information that's helped me get to a happier place in my life 
That's, that's terrific. And where can people find out information about your mentorship? So that is the 1612.com. Uh, we are taking email signups right now. The next chapter will open for enrollment at the end of December. Okay. I think um, this yeah. may air um, the end matter. of December, Perfect. but, but okay. And then, um, and then in terms of finding out more about you, what is the best platform to well, uh, platforms to do that? The hate.com is the website for all of our apparel. I also do a pretty good bit of writing there as far as uh, blog posts, things like that. Um, YouTube channel is Matthew Vincent. And then I have a podcast called the um, so podcast. And so I've had guests on now we've been doing it since 2017. And, uh, kind of the goal of that one as well as the youtube content going forward is like man i'm interested in performance enhancement and i'm interested in it across the board whether that's breath work whether that's yoga whether that's ice baths or cold plunges or hot or or any of those type of things like man whatever i can do to get a couple extra percentage out of this machine i'm interested and then also your instagram it is i hate matt vincent okay and um and we're gonna put all of the links to these sure. things in the show notes so They'll be there, but Matt, thank you so much. Thank you. I this. really appreciate it. And I'm stoked you're doing it. Look, it takes a lot to decide to create. Yeah, it's a, it's a big leap. Well, I hope people enjoy it. And I know that um, everything that you said on uh, today's show was not only fascinating, but also um, like you gave some really actionable advice for people and, and stuff to give people pause, hopefully, especially the time that, that, you know, time is our most valuable commodity and we don't have an endless supply. So, and look, anyway. if any of this resonates with your listeners and you want to reach out, uh, DM me on Instagram, I'll respond. So you're awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. No problem. Once again, we'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Thorn. If you like what you heard today and want to support the show, visit the link found in this episode's show notes or simply go to mobilitymaker.com forward slash thorn and sign up for a free thorn account using my referral link to receive 20% off all future individual thorn supplement purchases. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. The Real Strong People podcast is available for streaming on your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us next time.